Twelvin. Oh, I am your host, Adam Chimeo. And I'm Heron Schroeder. This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web foot of sphere. I watch way too much duck sports, sometimes for my own good. And Aaron, what do you watch? What have you been watching? Huh? Uh, you ever heard of a show called The Gilded Age? <laughs> I have. And then I brought up, oh, that's the one with Christine Bransky. And then you didn't know who Christine Bransky was. Right. Hey, did oh, you man. get a New Jersey? <laughs> No, oh my God. Oh, yeah, I did get I got this new jersey. Thanks for asking. This is yeah. the uh, 1916 yeah. uh, web. You know, this jersey. is me deflecting, Adam. I got to be sharp with you, and I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a damn thing. Oh, I got, well. like, six freaking games on the DVR, and not a one has been watched. Well, it's all right. I watched, uh, I mean, I watched a couple of these games multiple times, which is like, what is up with me, honestly? But, um... My man, it was it was eventful. It was it was a little sadder than I wanted it to be, quite frankly, hmm. because if we're talking about women's basketball, which I think we should just rip this goddamn bandage right off. Um, we have injuries again. We didn't have injuries, so hey, oh, that's God. that's a silver lining. I mean, I'll say Niara Sobley looked pretty beat up by the end of uh, the most recent game, uh, but that's because she was goddamn doing everything. It kind of felt like. Um, but as far as Oregon women's basketball is concerned, which I, I think last episode I was saying like, oh my gosh, dude, they're almost back. They're almost fully back on top of that mountain. Well, we came plummeting down that mountain first. Well, honestly, I think we can blame a lot of this on some pretty lackadaisical, if that's the right word, refs and the states of Arizona. Because Arizona huh. is a cursed uh, uh, pit of a hole, I would say. Facts and upon facts. That's a fact. It's a cursed pit but of a hole. Sedona's tight. Don't get me wrong. We all love Sedona. Sedona Prince is cool, but I don't know about Sedona, Arizona. I don't know about Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Sedona's then, tight. Mm-hmm. Everything else can just... Yeah, blow away in the dusty wind. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, our offense was blown away in the dusty wind when we went down to the McHale Center and we faced number eight Arizona and they just ran through us. I mean, credit to them. They are well coached team. Like, I actually think there's more talent, me personally, as a homer on our team than is theirs but uh that i mean that almost makes the loss worse in a way because their defense was just absolutely swarming us we get the ball like they're playing full court press we get the ball the second we get that ball boom two of them on us right away and our bigs our guards could not handle that whatsoever um, so you mean was, they don't even let us just get to half court before they start applying pressure? Just as soon as we rebound a shot, they're on us? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, honestly, the men's team does this to uh, quite a bit of success. And, and I love watching you know the Ducks men's team do that. But uh, yeah, they, they swarmed us. And even when UNESCO was here, that was always kind of one of our... Our biggest challenge was going against the very physical teams. It's why we had trouble against like Stanford or like, you know, Baylor in uh, the final four. But um, 
this felt a little different, honestly. We lose this one 63-48, to 48, and you could almost say it wasn't even that close, to tell you the truth. I mean, that's not close either. Uh, no. No, it is not. That Our is. leader in scoring <laughs> was Enya Rogers. She she scored 17 points in 33 minutes of play. Niara Sobley has been having some great... I mean, she's continuing to have great games. Uh, she got 15 points, five rebounds, four blocks. So she's doing her part, you know? And, like, you could you could see how it would work, but, like, I, I don't know. After that, the, the second... I mean, the third tied for the third highest scoring was, and this is really the problem here. Tahina Pow Pow got five points. For wow. Rebounds. Yeah. And um, was Filipina that because sh- she was shut down completely by them or because she was just way off? Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's more of a shutdown completely because when you look at it, she took five shots. And, and when you're talking about someone who's supposed to be, you know, like the, lead scoring threat here it's it's only got five shots off and that is because it was just like the ducks were committing way too many turnovers they committed 21 turnovers in this game 21 turnovers that's that's brutal uh exactly and um i mean sedona prince you know like uh she was in the game she scored two points she shot four times so it was just we, we, it was hard to get the ball down the court even. And when we did, uh, you know, it was it was hard to even set up for a shot. And then the only thing that really could have helped us here is because we uh, like our inside game, I still think is very strong, especially with like Prince and Sabali, obviously, like that's like the two you could say two of the best players on the team. Sure. But when they're getting no help from the outside outside shooting, it's it's too it's a Herculean task to be able to even get a bunny at times because we shot two of fifteen from three point range and no. n- not all of those were contested. A lot of those were just like open shots. But if if Pow Pow and if Rogers are not hitting threes, I don't want to sound harsh. Um, if we're going against an elite team, it just doesn't seem like anyone else is no one else is gonna step up. Not on a level where it's actually gonna help us, you know, like advance the ball to the inside or to or to be able to pass out once we're inside. And right. a lot of times it's like our bigs weren't even looking to pass out because it was just like it felt like that wasn't gonna be a an a, a viable option. Um so just a terrible shooting night. We shot 36% from the floor. And then 13% from three-point land. Meanwhile, Kate Reese, who, you know, had a good game against us last time when we, I mean, I think you would say snuck one away in Oregon because we were down by like, what, 17 points at one point pretty late in the game. And then we end up winning that one. Right. Um, Kate Reese scored 13 points. Uh, Lauren Ware, who I think was a crucial thing. Ware, I believe, if I remember correctly, she fouled out. Uh, when we played her um, and, and, you know, she, that she's got like good size on her. So they desperately needed her, especially against us. She scored nine points in this three rebounds, played the whole game, you know, well, just 24 minutes. Cause they were able to shuffle out. I mean, we should say this too. Mikhail center was absolutely packed. It was just a, a, you know, really brutal crowd. So we lost that one and that one was depressing enough 
But then a couple days later, we mm. go to Tempe, Arizona. Ugh. And we lose a close match against them. Uh, we lose 55 to 49. You know, it, it, it was a lot closer. But still, what it comes down to is if we can't hit the three, we're not going to win games against good teams or even right. middling teams. In this one, we went uh, five of 18 from three-point range. Not good. And not to harp on just her, but Tahina Pow Pow played 37 minutes and scored four points on two of 13 shooting, zero of six from three-point range. And it's we're not getting the play that we need out of her, at least during this stretch. And the whole season... We're not getting the play, uh, you know. We're not. We're not getting deep shots. And you could say that this whole season and all of last season too. Really, you know. I mean, the, the games that we were hitting the three, we were much more competitive than the ones we weren't. But it was just so rare. And I don't know. To tell you the truth, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with this Kelly Graves team. And I want to plant something in your head that hopefully won't get me uh, ridden out on a rail by Duck fans. But I'm starting to be afraid. What if Kelly Graves, what if that magic under his hat was just the fact that you had the greatest basketball yes. player of all time, Sabrina Yanescu, uh, basically tied, you know, like like not all the accolades, but also with Ruthie Hebert. Maybe it's those two combinations is what made it that we were an elite team and maybe we will never be an elite team again. And that scares me. I do believe last season I was questioning the you were. whole thing. You were. It's nice to see you've caught up. <laughs> I was going to ask, was he sitting down the whole time? And here's what I've got to say about just <laughs> the listeners' earballs. I'm going to just say this one more time. I'm pretty sure it was last year that I said this. I'll say it one more time. I don't think he likes being a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I oh, think come on. I he disagree with hates that. his job. Ah, well. Ah. Well, what do you say? I mean, I, I, I can tell you I desperately want to believe in him, but I, I need it's It's just like, I don't know why he isn't able post Janescu. And I know it's only been two seasons. So there, it's right. like, don't worry about it. It'll get back. But it's like when I'm watching Dana Altman do like, like use his talent, it just, Kelly Graves is absolutely not that. And I'm not sure. It's like, I don't really want to wait. Oh, don't worry. Every five years, though, we're going to have a team that'll get in that tourney right. and really compete. But I don't know. You know uh, last year, we made it to the tourney. So maybe I'm just being a spoiled fan. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned once that really being a basketball coach, there's only so much you can do. And then once the once the game is going, it's kind of it's just up to the players to re to remember the drills and the fundamentals of what you've hopefully been able to instill and apply that into creating victories. So it's like a mentorship, really? <laughs> and maybe he's just a very hands-off approach mentorship man. I'll tell you this. This is this is why I'm, I'm, I'm... I so want to be wrong about this. I'm afraid he's not very actually good at building a roster. If you saw just these last two seasons... I mean... He's great at getting, I mean, he's getting elite talent. He's like one of those people that it's like, you're getting all these five stars because he truly is. 
But uh, I mean, a lot of them are just transferring out of the program. Right. And and not only that, but like we're getting this five star talent, but we're like, we still are just unable to create that that deep threat. It's like and we desperately need it for the system he's running. Yeah, it's like, let's say you go to like a gourmet kitchen store and you buy five $20 spices Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, I just spent, you know, $100 on spices. The meal I'm going to make is going to be delicious. And then you dump them all in the bowl together and it tastes like fucking shit. (laughs) Because is that what you're saying? Because Kinda, of, just because yeah. they're expensive spices doesn't mean they work with each other. Certainly not quite. I mean, yeah, certainly not quite as good as you want it to be. I mean, I hope I'm just drastically overreacting. I mean, as of right I now, we might be. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that's know. the beauty of being an Oregon Ducks fan. That's true. Is that you're prone to react. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, we're only third. We're third in the Pac-12 standings. That's you know, that's still good. Um, that's Stanford's, great. yeah, Stanford's ahead of us, eighteen to three overall. Dino and conference play behind them is number six, Arizona. So Arizona's a good squad, you know. Seventeen uh, three record they have, seven three conference, and then it's us, fourteen and seven, seven and three in conference play, seven losses. That's tough to swallow. Um, we're actually about to play. A fellow team with 14-7 record, uh, that is Washington State. They are right behind us. If we were to lose this game, we would then be knocked down to fourth. And we're going to Pullman, Washington. Hmm. So, And then after that, we got back-to-back games against the Beavers. That is always a tough game, especially in Corvallis. Uh, we've only w- swept that series once in our entire history, even during the Inescu hebert series. Um, so... A little bit nervous. I mean, winning two out of the three out of these next games will make me at least more comfortable. Getting losing the next three will make me not a Graves fan. I'll tell you that. But right, I don't know. I, I hope I'm just an idiot. How how close are we to being uh, not considered well enough to play in March Madness? I think, I mean, we're still ranked number 24 even. It would have to be us truly falling off a cliff for us not to at least be in there. Yeah, Because they use use real numbers whenever they are putting the rankings together, right? It's not like football where it's kind of just like favoritism. It is kind of like football. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's college, man. There's just so many damn teams and it's like they're not playing each other. So there's not an easy way to do it. But... It would take us truly falling off a cliff to not make at least make the tournament as a 16 seed would be really bad, especially with this talent. It's like, God damn, I know there's a coach out there that could take this team maybe and mm-hmm. do a lot more. I don't know. I hope Who I'm being a little is the baby. rest of his coaching staff. Other people. I don't want to get through that. Other uh, people. I'm just throwing <laughs> it all on graves. I'm just throwing it all on graves. Other people. Is that a good enough answer? Yeah. Let's get a man's band. basketball. It's a little more exciting. Because we played against Utah. Now, this is one of those games where first half, I'm like, oh, yeah, this Oregon, Dana Altman's Ducks are here. We are ready to win it all. We were up 43 to 31. Utah is not especially good at basketball this season. I'll say that much. Um, But, I mean, this is at Utah. Uh, We have never swept the mountain uh, uh, kind of weekend, you know. We've never beaten Mm -hmm. Colorado in Colorado and Utah in Utah. The same weekend we've we drop well we usually drop the colorado game 
uh, except for that one time last week. Uh, and sometimes pretty often we'll lose in Utah too. So we did win this one, but it came down to the wire. It came down to like, we were up by like 10 with like minutes left, if I'm remembering. And then a series of mistakes, kind of like when we beat UCLA at Poly Pavilion, a series it. of mistakes, like uh, in like some weird ref calls and stuff like that. I'll say uh, just really quickly, just because it popped back in my head, uh, Oregon versus Arizona State. Those refs were freaking letting those Sun Devils maul the Ducks. It was a little ridiculous, to tell you the truth. There was some homerism in both those Arizona games. Arizona's a terrible pit of a hole. Uh, but um, <laughs> Utah. So we were there, and they rallied back. Suddenly, it's like tied late. It's it's looking pretty bad. Like, uh, and, and men's basketball is competitive enough, uh, like enough top-tier talent that like we are still on the cusp of not making it truly. Um, like I, I think they're saying we're like the first four out maybe right now. So huh. like we're, we're pretty low right now, even though we have some good wins, we don't have enough and we have some embarrassing losses. Uh, so we don't need any more embarrassing losses. This was almost that, but and cause we couldn't even inbound the ball. It was exactly like against UCLA. Uh, we were having such a hard time inbounding the ball. But one thing I love about Dana Altman that, you know, Kelly Graves could ask him some goddamn advice about this is he adjusts his game. You know, he knew that we were having trouble inbounding the ball. So he does this fun thing where it's like instead of having players out there and like, you know, running around trying to get open, like he gets all the players, literally, I'm pretty sure all five of them. All of them start off court. So, like, there's no one to pass to, you know? There's also no one to block. And then just blow the whistle. Literally like football, four of them run out, just four verts, just running in a straight line towards the basket. And so then it's like, you know, the other Utah suddenly is playing like their defensive backs. And that way, I believe it was Will That's Richardson. legal? Yeah. I was, yeah, it is, it is, because it's like, it's not quite an advantage, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, and he just chucks it out like a quarterback and is able to get it to my man, I believe Jacob Young, and Jacob Young scores on it, and it was a crucial, crucial score, and we end up winning this bad boy 80 to 77. Wow. And it was, I thought it was a little bit of genius coaching there. I, I really appreciate well, it. Well, let me ask you this really quick. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, could you position the players to be in different spots along the side of the court? No, like no, no. To you gotta be, line? yeah, gotta be the back court. Uh, you can't, yeah, you can't quite do the sidelines there. That'd be nuts. Uh, no, but because I'd be like, you go here and here, and then pew, <laughs> pew. Um, anyway. Will Richardson freaking killed it. Twenty-five points, ten to eighteen, five of seven from three-point range, and then Jacob Young, feisty ass Jacob Young, fourteen points, and then um. I mean, obviously, like even uh, uh, Davion Harmon and Chrissy Guerrier, uh, both of them scored in double digits, 12 and 11, uh, seven rebounds of Quincy. So that's pretty rad, too. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to shout out Eric Williams Jr. is has just been, I mean, 10 rebounds, seven points. He's definitely the man off the bench. He's, he's a crucial part of this team. Uh yeah, it's and we won that game, and that is the only game we played that week. 
Uh, it's kind of nice to get a little break. Upcoming is against Stanford. That's going to be something. And then against California. California is bad at basketball. So, and right now, bad we are actually bad at basketball. We are third in the Pac-12 behind number four ranked Arizona. Number four in the nation. They're a damn good team because they just beat UCLA in pretty embarrassing fashion. Um, and they've only lost twice. One of those losses to UCLA, which is second in the Pac-12. They're number 12. Uh, they only have four losses on their schedule, uh, on their, uh, you know, this season thus far. Right. One of them to us. Their punch card. Yeah. And then we're third behind us, Washington State. And then we got USC, which is ranked number 21. Right. So I don't know. I'm I'm still optimistic about the Ducks. I, I enjoy watching the men's team quite a bit. Unfortunately, right now, maybe a little bit more in the women's team. Uh, yeah, that's that's your basketball breakdown. Uh, that being said, we got, Break we got it some down for me, big man. Break it down. Uh, we got we got some interesting guests here. Uh, I'm gonna let my friend Bill Walton introduce them. Actually, uh, we let him come in to you know uh, do do a little recording for us. Like, do uh, not go it, to YouTube. No, don't, <laughs> don't go to YouTube. Uh, we are on YouTube though, and and uh, Twitter at Quack Twelve Podcast, and you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, Bill Walton's hey, looking a little strange nowadays. Real quick, want to shout out all those faithfuls that um, heard the call the the cry of the quack and uh brought us over a thousand um followers on twitter that is right i've actually got the i'll shout out the the person themselves who got yeah, us over who that it? benchmark uh because last time we were saying like i think we were at 998 followers yeah like yeah, there's an opportunity here you, you can do it y'all and luckily our man who I love so much, Mr. Original 501. <laughs> Hell yes. He comes on here. Boom, becomes our thousandth follower. Apparently, he's just discovered the podcast and he likes what he hears. Great. So, uh, hey, uh, you well, got bad taste, my man. I hope he hears this. Wranglers are better. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm a Wranglers man. Original 501, that's Levi's. Oh, I didn't know that. Levi Strauss, the, the great Levi Strauss. Throw it down, big man. Big 49ers man. getting that gold. Um, yeah, so uh, we got really good guests here. If you've ever heard the No Truck Stops pod, we've got uh, our man Carlos and Greg. They're going to hop on here. We couldn't be more excited. Take it away, Bill. That's right. Welcome to the Quack 12 podcast, the podcast of champions deep in the desert. The rumbling of the mightiest conference that there possibly is. When sand and desert meets and makes the heart of the champion, we get two great alliances like when Godzilla fought Kong. Throw it down, big man. Uh, that is right, everybody. We've got a meeting of, of, of Pac-12 legends, if you will, in the podcasting community. Thousands of people have been uh, handwriting letters, sending it into the studio, begging it for us. Begging for it. Am I right, Aaron? Dude, my mailman has started complaining about mm -hmm. the size of his bag. It's gone up twice 
twice in diameter since yeah. we've fucking been getting all these letters in. And the ridiculous state of your lawn. But we've been getting so many letters just being like, you gotta get the No Truck Stops pod on the podcast or else you're not even a podcast. And well, we finally buckled down because it's just a great listen. You gotta follow them, first of all. Um, of course, we're talking about... Greg and Carlos of the No Truck Stops Pod. Throw it down, big man. Oh, my gosh. And we even have the gauntlet. For people who are watching us on YouTube, we have two luchador masks in this. (laughs) And... Uh, I mean, first of all, we're to go to some fisticuffs here in a little bit, Adam. Uh, virtual fisticuffs. I mean, we've got Carlos in, in the all UCLA blue here. He he refuses to show his uh, his identity to protect his loved ones. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then what's up, Greg? Hey. You told you told me this is what we were doing. We, I, I think what Greg and I, we're kind of the managers. We're like, you know, we're nah. pumping you up. Yeah, we're the guys on the side of the ring with the cross arms. You know? <laughs> now, I knew uh, UCLA. Uh, I mean, I knew uh, Carlos is a UCLA fan, obviously, because at Equity Bruin uh, is his Twitter account. E-Q-U-I-T-Y-B-R-U-I-N. We got to spell everything out for these dumbasses because they went to University of Oregon. But um, I wasn't sure... Where Greg, uh, his alliances lied because it was at Banana Morphs, B A N A N A Morphs, and uh, but then we see him on this video call. He is a Utah fan. Everybody, we got ourselves a Utes fan, uh, a team that Aaron has um, almost switched over to many a times during yeah. the recording of the show. Well, um, yeah. Uh, so obviously, you're coming off. Uh, let's talk football a little bit here. Well, first of all. Both of you, are you more football fans or pack or or basketball fans when it comes to the Pac-12? Mm. For me, I'm more of a Pac-12 football fan, but like a lot of that has to do with the fact that Utah basketball sucks right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I really like basketball, and I am anxiously awaiting the time when Utah can just be competitive again. But for now, I'm a little more focused on Pac-12 football. You almost beat us. That was that was oh, yeah. nice <laughs> that was in your cap. <laughs> we oh, had to go four verts to inbound the ball. Seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was- no, uh, yeah. I for me, I uh, right now I'm really into Pac-12 basketball. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I was, it was a bit of a slog. You know, Pac-12 basketball can be a bit of a slog, but uh, mm. it it's been now. I'm 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 really into it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I feel like you know, Pac-12 football. There's you just you just know teams are kind of out of any real uh, any real competition early, but. I don't know. It feels like eight, nine teams in the Pac-12 in basketball. They're uh, they're still alive for something. Um, so I, I don't know. I love both of them. Uh, I feel like I can talk more about basketball, football. I leave that to the uh, you know I leave that to the Hitler days of the world. You know what I mean? Who mm-hmm. just grind film? <laughs> yeah, uh, and but you know basketball. I'm like, all right, let's let's talk hoops. Basketball is your favorite sport. You like the way they dribble up and down That's the court. Right. I get it. Um, and then. Carlos, I got to say, do you, so as a UCLA fan, uh, my man Aaron over here truly, truly hates Chip Kelly probably a little too much, honestly, considering yeah. his history and what he's brought to us at the Ducks. What are your thoughts on Chip Kelly at mm. UCLA? Would you like to see him out the door or are you liking what he's doing or how are you feeling about him right now? Oh, I hate him. Um, okay. I think, it's, I think, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't, it's it's been the same thing with Chip Kelly that I'm sure Oregon fans are well aware of, 
that, you know, despite all the success he brought them, roster management, he, the man does not know how to manage a roster. He, he's mm-hmm. never been able to bring in, recruit, cultivate elite talent. Now, I, I guess cultivate, he, he, he did that well at Oregon. But, you know, we've had four years of, three years of really bad football to kind of peak at this point where Chip Kelly told us to trust in his development process that he was going to be uh, able to develop and beat out, you know, these recruiting recruiting rankings and things like that and develop players that were better than that. We got, you know, we, we ended up with an eight and four season, which on its face doesn't seem so bad, except when you consider that those four losses are all to teams that were decent teams, uh, winning teams with winning records. Um, and a lot of that was talent at the end of the day. It was guys getting beat one-on-one, um, you know, in, in the defensive backfield. And it was uh, not being able to generate a pass rush, which, which is honestly, a, a lot of that has to do with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Just uh, Fresno State almost beat us too, you know. So yeah. 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 <laughs> well, okay. If you could remove Chip Kelly, who would you put in place? That's a good question. I think there's. Uh, we've had so we've had so much discourse and on UCLA Twitter around uh, who who would we go and get? And the obvious one that UCLA fans and Oregon fans were talking about it when they had a vacancy, Dave Aranda. Now, oh yeah, I, yeah, that, okay. That's a big one. Now the issue with Dave Aranda is I'm pretty sure he's not a great recruiter also, which, Mm. you know, might, might be an issue, but at least he has a proven track record very, very recently. He's not going to do the absolutely batshit insane roster management moves that Chip Kelly was doing (laughs) while at UCLA. I mean, the line you hear from national media about Chip Kelly and what he inherited at UCLA was he had 50 scholarship players. What they don't tell you is that he's responsible for them having 50 scholarship players. That's right. <laughs> like he he actually said, get out. he kicked out 30, 25, 30 scholarship players at the beginning. So, wow. uh, you know, the, and, and it was all under the guise of behavioral issues and commitment and things like that. Uh, but we, I mean, we know coaches who can come in and win right away. Say, these are the guys, if you want to come into work tomorrow, come into work tomorrow and you're my guys. Those are the guys that can win immediately. Um, well, you know, it's, it's hard to recruit young players to a small cow town like LA. So <laughs> oh God, I can only imagine, you know, like people uh, just don't want to go to something like that. You're exactly right. I mean, look what Chip <laughs> Kelly did in four years. Look how far they've come. Just yeah. imagine what will happen if you give him another four years. Exactly. Yeah. You get Extend it. Chip Kelly. Yes. Extend Chip Kelly. Uh, but in another four years and another 40 years after that, Kyle Whittingham will still be in Utah. Um, we, I mean, we got to talk about two just ass kickings that happened against the Ducks. Uh, we actually had oh, your co-host, on. the great Avery, was <laughs> on this podcast, uh, pulled absolutely no punches about the fact that she did not like Oregon, which is very fun. And then at the end, she sprinkled in a little prediction of like, Oh, I'm predicting it's going to be a beat down. Anthony Brown Jr. is going to have a terrible game because he's not a good quarterback. <laughs> and we're going to kick your ass by like three scores or something like that. And like it was so spot on that we just yeah, wow. replayed it the next like, <laughs> pod. And and here's another thing Avery did. Uh, now we sound like your podcast talking about Avery, but Avery's not here. But uh, Avery. <laughs> She's electric. Uh, <laughs> Avery um, is the only person to ever take us up on the offer We'll, we'll do previews. And we said, like, if your team embarrasses us, please come on uh, back on the show, even if you want to come on for a few minutes and just do like a rallying, like, you morons. I, di- I knew we were going to do lap. it. 
a victory lap. She's the only person to ever be, I don't know, vain enough to do that or pompous <laughs> enough to do it. But she really did and uh, made us feel real bad. She's, um, an elite, she's an elite shit talker. One of the greatest shit talkers I've that ever, is, ever been around. Absolutely true. Uh, is, is it Avery Grapes? Is her Twitter? That's her. Name? That's her. That's her. That's her pen name. We'll call okay, it. Okay. Yeah. She's never. She's never written anything for anyone. I'm pretty sure. But no, yeah, I get it. Yeah, we call her. We call her Grapes. Uh, yeah, she was trolling. Uh, when I believe when Utah played Washington in basketball up in Seattle, <laughs> she was trolling that Husky section. Just mwah, chef's kiss. I got us. Anyone, anyone who can troll while watching that disaster of a game deserves <laughs> my respect. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this last Utah uh, uh, football season, just to, if you want to just express how that felt to you as a fan, I mean, uh, that Rose Bowl game was freaking nuts. Entertaining for, you know, our mm-hmm. perspective, but I, I don't know. That must have been a little bit of a, a heart punch or something. How, was, you, how you feeling? It, the, the season was like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Because like <laughs> yeah. you start with the beginning going into the year. I had like hopes. I don't think Utah's going to win the Pac-12, but like I know we can. And then we lost to BYU and I immediately gave up. I was like, if we lose to BYU, this team isn't shit. They're not winning <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then we lost to San Diego State, but like Cam Rising came in in the second half and like mm-hmm. looked good. And so I became like, all right, whatever. This season, this is a Cam Rising development year. That's how I'm going to look at it. It's going to be fun. The and Cam Rising, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Cam <laughs> Rising. And then they started winning, you know, they and then they lost to Oregon State, and I didn't know what to think because I was like, at that point, I felt like, hey, Utah, they're right there with Oregon. Like, mm. they could really do this. And then they lost Oregon State, and I no longer thought that because <laughs> I loved Oregon State. Like, their rush offense was great. But that was the most yards anyone had ever put up on Kyle Winningham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was, I was again, much lower. And going into the Oregon game, I thought we were going to lose. Like, I thought we would lose by, like, two scores. So did I. I remembered what Kayvon Thibodeau did to us in 2019. And I am. the scars have not healed. <laughs> Adam, has anyone ever told you you look like Cam Rising? Oh, shit, no. You got, you got the Cam Rising vibes. It's the hair, <laughs> and, and you got the mustache. Oh, hell yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> well, I'm not. I swear that would be quite the. Yeah, this is actually I am kind of resting. This is my way of telling y'all uh, I'm transferring to the University <laughs> yeah. of Oregon to compete with Bo Nix. Oh, you'd oh, win that one probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God, I would hope so. Not excited about that. <laughs> no. But um, so back to basketball here, though. Let's talk some quacksball. I, you know what? It's kind of embarrassing, but I made this little video graphic. We have to use it. We're gonna talk some uh, basketball here. Quacksball. 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 Oh, that's a bad one. That's nice. That's a bad one. Yes, my dude. Yes. That was not a good one. Should have worked on that one. (laughs) Well, um, Pac-12 basketball kind of fucking rules now, and I'm loving it. I'm loving. I'm loving that. It, it, I mean, it was the, so many times, so many of these years, it felt like, you know, I'm watching a lot of like Oregon women's basketball that was taking up a huge portion mm-hmm. of my time. Uh, and then it was, okay, are the Ducks going to do it? Or like, when are they going to switch it on? And then otherwise, it was like, why would I, you know, I'll watch some other Pac 12 basketball to see what the hell they're doing. But mm-hmm. like the days of Sean Miller and shit like that, and just a, a floundering like UCLA and like, you know, it just wasn't all that fun. 
But then the Pac-12 tourney hit last year, and we were just the the shit. It was freaking rad. Uh, what were your experiences? Uh, I, I forget. Were, was your podcast um, still going during the last March Madness? Were you all covering that? No, we started because of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was you know I remember we have a a, a group chat of Pac-12 fans who uh, are just the funniest people on the planet, and uh, it started that group chat started because of that tournament run. Um, it was it's very let me tell you uh, I've never engaged Twitter in a way that was that fun where you just every every week it would be like someone talking shit about the Pac-12 during the tournament. You'd link it in that group chat with about 50 people who are the biggest trolls on the planet and you could ratio anyone. It's the, the <laughs> magic, the magic of of a collective. But we started because of that, because we were we were really excited by that run. Greg and I and Avery and Matt, all wa- our co-host Matt, all watched every single one of those uh tournament games every single one engaged in every locked in for every single one of them and kind of at the end of it uh one of us i think asked is there a is there does anyone have any good pac-12 podcasts for basketball to listen to you know we know pack the podcast of champions is everyone's favorite uh yeah. pac-12 football podcast the pac-12 apostles another great football podcast for the conference mm-hmm. but no one's talking about ball no one's talking about hoops uh and so we we kind of were just like why not us? We'll we'll do it. You know, we'll, we might be the only ones, but uh, so far it's been great, and it's been this has been the most fun I've ever engaged in basketball season. I don't know, Greg. How do you feel? No, I totally agree. I didn't watch college basketball outside of Utah before last year. Um, not at all. <laughs> more of an I was more oh, of an NBA you. fan. Uh, you didn't miss much, yeah. Yeah, but that tournament run was just so electric, and this year has been so much fun, just because like. I don't know. All games are more fun when you know who's who's playing in them, you know? Uh, like, the Utah-Oregon game this year. Uh, it's, it's more fun watching the game when you know who the players on the other team was, and so that was different for me this year. And uh, watching Arizona, UCLA, USC, and now Oregon's good again. Oregon's good again. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I was just so half-heartedly just doing the thing where you copy and paste and I'm just like, and, yeah. and just being like, don't worry, Dana's docs are going to get good at the end of this because it's just what every lazy hack mm-hmm. journalist like myself does. And, um, but it, it came true a little quicker than usual. It was, it's, I mean, it's, it came true nice. quicker than usual, but it's more aggressive. Like when, like Oregon has never started like that under Dana Altman. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was, there, yeah. it, this is the worst. I went back and looked, they had not lost by 20 in November and December since his first season it's just this Mm. is unprecedented for dana altman it's it's his best work in terms of turnaround i was convinced oregon was dead um i was convinced that uh oregon oregon basketball at least for this year was going to be irrelevant um i was like three years yeah 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 um it, it was crazy and now here they are they look they look they look they look better than usc i'll tell you that they uh they look scary yeah, uh, and it really seems like, well, if you're talking to Bill Walton, there's eight Pac-12 teams that are going to make the tournament. <laughs> Carlos predicted uh, eight Pac-12 tournament teams I before did, the I year. Did. So Eight Pac-12 tournaments? Is, wow. Is that, well, you also predicted Washington winning the Pac-12 in football? Is that you? 
Is that you? Uh, what did I? What did we? What did we predict? I don't even remember. Uh, I know I had him, Oregon winning the conference. I might have said Washington. I might have said Washington. You not remembering makes me think. It yeah, was, yeah. It was, it was you, and, you and Avery picked Washington. <laughs> me and Matt picked Oregon. That's what it was. Well, <laughs> okay. you know, it's it's hard. I mean, Washington did have talent. I understand oh, yeah. that maybe they didn't have as much talent as Oregon did. No one thought they were going to be like loose Montana bad. No. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, I did not predict anything like that. Though I will say, Aaron. So this dude, he doesn't. He doesn't know all that much about sports, if I'm being real. <laughs> um, like, truly doesn't watch yeah, any of the I was, games. I was just thinking it's awesome because you were just saying how, you know, as opposed to last year, this year, you now have, you know, who everyone is. Not and I'm guy. like, damn, I've been doing it five years and I have not a clue. <laughs> since, since 2017 every week we've been recording this podcast aaron has picked up absolutely none of it i've watched we've watched every football game tons of basketball games to get uh, together and then the next week in and out of his head hey, but you know, though, i know how the games are played now so i feel like that is actually there you a go. really good that's right he knows he knows the very basics but uh yeah. that being said we make our picks every year. We make our picks for every single duck game. Hithleday yeah. comes in here. He makes his picks. Aaron is absolutely has creamed us just about every single year. I win a lot. Picks. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, just, just to show you, no one knows what they're talking about. But, yeah. um, man, I got to say, UCLA versus Arizona, as someone who is not necessarily a fan of either, uh, th- both those games for pretty freaking rad honestly first you see that first one because it was kind of cool to see arizona just get outclassed out muscled and then it was nice to see the the reverse of it you know and it, it was even nice to see like the the actual toxicness of like spitting on people and like, <laughs> like we were talking about women's basketball like uh we were playing against Arizona, and uh, their coach, Adia Barnes, like flipped us off at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like Wild. you gotta actually love it. It means people care, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, what uh, are your, what are you guys liking so far between, like, I mean, uh, let's say the, uh, we call it the bottom 11 teams in the Pac 12 that aren't the Ducks, but let's talk about, so the top three of the bottom 11 UCLA, Arizona, USC. Who do you think is gonna, be at the top of that group who do you think is going to finish at the top there at the top of the standings it's got to be arizona i think arizona has the inside track to finish at the top of the standings now there's a number of different ways that you might be able to define the top who goes further in the tournament mm. uh is one who finishes with the better record who finishes higher in the conference tournament uh right now uh, arizona is absolutely going to win the pac-12 regular season title they've got the inside track they've got a of those teams, the easier schedule. Um, they've got the style of play that they could dominate anyone whenever they'd like. Um, so I think at the by the time the regular season is over, we pick our heads up. Arizona will be at the top. Now, in terms of who's who, the better team might be. If UCLA and Arizona uh, meet in the conference tournament, I think Greg and I agree that game will be the all-time classic that we thought the first two games might be. Because, uh, you know, the first game was in Poly Pavilion. It was in L.A. Definite home court advantage for UCLA. They dominated that game. It goes back to McHale Center. um, And Arizona takes its turn and dominates UCLA for much of that game. And so now we when we if we get a part three and I pray that we get a part three, that will be that on a neutral site, on a neutral court. That's going to be electric. Um, And if you're asking me who I think would win in that conference tournament, 
it's 50-50. I think I'd pick UCLA because of their experience. And then there's the NCAA tournament March Madness question. I would pick UCLA to go further than Arizona just because UCLA is fresh off of Final Four. That entire yeah. roster is fresh off of Final Four. And none of the players on Arizona, as Julius Tabellas, Christian Coloco, Ben Matherin, Omar Ballo, none of those guys have ever experienced what March Madness is like. Uh, and, you know, that's that's going to certainly... That's going to factor in. Uh, now they might be good and figure it out the way that UCLA did um, its first year into Mick Cronin, but uh, I think that's what's that's I think that's what's going to end up mattering. Nice. I mostly agree. Uh, I think Arizona is going to win the Pac-12 regular season uh, when UCLA and Arizona play again, if they do in the tournament, and I think we expect them to. But you never know; it'll be in March, and anything can happen in March. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen in that game because. Arizona has the bigs like Azulis Tabellis and uh, and Christian Coloco are better than Cody Riley and Miles Johnson by like a considerable margin. But UCLA shot makers are maybe the best in the country. And UCLA's defense when they're locked in is incredible. It just I just have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea what like the third stage of this chess match is going to be because Mick Cronin dominated the first one. Tommy Lloyd adjusted. They went to the bigs more in the second game and it paid off big time for them. I just don't know what's going to happen in the third, but I, I really want to see it. And as for uh, in March, what I think they're going to do, I agree with Carlos. I think I think UCLA is going to go further uh, because I just think their style of play is more conducive to like tournament basketball than Arizona's is. Like uh, just the fact that they have guys like Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes who can get a shot whenever they need to get a shot. That's so valuable. And mm-hmm. Arizona has one guy who can do that. Benedict, Math- Benedict Matherin. And uh, I just don't know that I, I don't know that I'm there trusting them to go all the way in March. That being said, I could absolutely see them making a final four run because they are just that good. Hell yeah. Uh, that's what I love to hear. It's just so nice to talk about. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Talk about Pac-12 and not be just like kind of fucking embarrassed sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> look, look, Pac-12 football, Pac-12 football was so hard to follow this year because there was just there was no one for a while. And Utah mm-hmm. figured it out at the end, but you all watched it. I mean, it was like Oregon was a top 10 team for a while. And was anyone convinced that they were top 10? I'm not sure anyone we was. Weren't. We truly uh, were. <laughs> you know, it, us to sleep. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and after that, it was what what's left of this. Uh, mm-hmm. th- so it's nice to have to be talking about UCLA and Arizona as top ten teams. To be talking about Oregon as doing another insane conference uh, tournament and regular season run and and route to a March Madness. It's nice to be able to talk about USC maybe making another Elite Eight run. It's it's nice to talk about the Pac-12 being relevant because last year in football they were not. Yeah, and, and and especially Arizona always had like that in basketball reminded me of USC in football, which like why the hell aren't you good? Like you, you yeah. just got. I mean, you knew why they weren't good. It was mm-hmm. mainly because like this coach has got to go, and it was and Sean Miller and Clay Elton had very very different people, very different reasons why they needed to go. Like one was paying people, one I guess wasn't paying people enough. You know, but, <laughs> oh, but it was like, God damn, what get Sean Miller the hell out of like ring out his nasty ass shirt and kick his ass to the door. And it was really nice to see <laughs> someone. I mean, in like Gonzaga is a team that I think all Pac 12 fans love. Is, is oh, that weird to I say? I despise Gonzaga, my least favorite team <laughs> in the country. <laughs> oh, that, wow. Now, I love we, it. 
we are peak Pac-12 supremacy. We we oh, okay. we, we we you know we take a bit of calling every team that's not on the Pac-12 a truck mm-hmm. stop. We that's you know in in line with our with our deity Bill Walton. Uh, mm-hmm. All Gonzaga for us is a truck stop team. But I will say, <laughs> I, I'd I like it. to think I'd like to thank Gonzaga for giving us what Matt Matt our uh, our co-host Matt likes to call the architect of Gonzaga basketball Tommy Lloyd who's now at yeah. Arizona and the head coach there uh and he's he's Gonzaga South I mean that's the same style of play it's it's yeah. the same it's the same shit and so that's I'd like to thank Gonzaga for that but other than that they can they can rot in hell as far as I'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I love it we got to get our just a weird irrational hate for Gonzaga I don't know why and then, oh, actually, never mind. I do know why. Demonis Sabonis d- dominated Utah Ooh. in a NCAA tournament game in the round of 32, and I've hated them ever since. Uh, but then that final four game against UCLA, I was pulling hard for UCLA, and that uh, that Jalen sh- that Jalen Suggs shot hurt me. So I I would love to see Gonzaga crash and burn in the tournament. I got to say, out of the other, out of the bottom eleven, as we refer them. Um, UCLA is the easiest to root for. There's there's just a lot of like good. Fa- I, I don't know. I, I like uh, Juzang, uh, Hawkes. It's just I don't know. I like rooting for him a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Tiger Campbell. I feel especially oh, yeah. like you just love the guy. I don't know something about him. That being said, uh, so my co-host as as I pointed out earlier, um, f- frankly, I see his I see the glaze go over his eye. And it's not just it's not just the weed. It's he's losing interest. <laughs> um, and so can you help me out by like just pointing out some Pac-12 players uh, that you love to watch to interest this dullard? So when he's watching it, he can be like, oh, I- I'm watching this guy. This is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he does yeah. do that. You know, Give, Ben Matherin is one. Ben Matherin yeah. is fun to watch. I would say it doesn't matter, though, on Arizona. Arizona, if you're if you're uh, and I and I try to make this clear on, on our uh, on our podcast, uh the Arizona is just a fun team to watch. Just, uh-huh. just watch Arizona games because they blast teams and they go fast and they play, they play hard. They're trying to get steals. They're always getting in transition. And because of that, you get disproportionately higher numbers of those highlight plays where you get, you know, a three on one and someone's lobbying it up for an alley oop for Christian Coloco or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, those are, those are great suggestions. We may have to go another team cause he does not feel fondly about the state of Arizona. So <laughs> avoid the sun devils too. Got it. You know, it's yeah. funny though. The sun devils aren't fun to watch. So you're not that, missing anything. I was anything. like, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to watch. And I totally forgot that I had a running thing where I have to hate Arizona. You don't <laughs> have to hate anybody. You don't have to hate anybody. Uh, I personally limit my hate to Arizona State. Like all of my state of Arizona hate is just directed at that school. Uh, Arizona, I love their basketball team unapologetically. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. I love their football team too. I, I give hate me more their football fish. team because Carlos likes them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he's, suddenly he's that I told I told him that Jed Fish was going to be a good coach there at Arizona, and he's mad that I'm right about it. I mean, he won he won two games, so he's almost there. If he doubles one that game. up every year, yeah. Oh, yeah, did he win one game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? he won one game. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <Washington> <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, wh- what about, uh, we got some other players to, to get catch his interest. In Arizona. You got to say Johnny Juzang. Got to say yeah. Johnny Juzang. He's a great scorer, just a guy that you dump it off to, and he's like, he's going to get you a bucket. And it's fun to see him, the different ways that he'll be able to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. He can... He, who crushes threes the most? Johnny Juzang. 
Uh, Will Ri- Will Richardson, you already oh, you yeah. should be watching Oregon basketball. Yeah, He's yeah. Have you considered Oregon? Have you considered watching? <laughs> I mean, they're on the DVR. Oh, there you go. As long as they sit on the DVR. They're, they're, have you considered doing some of the research for that? No. Okay, never mind. But I mean, all that's that being said, you're here. Yeah, I know. I watch too much. Oh, now we're just doing the show's intro. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're gonna end this bad boy. Uh, well, first of all, with some with some plugs here, which is of course for the greatest Pac-12 podcast on the on the interwebs at No Truck Stops Pod. Throw it down, big man. And then we got at Equity Bruin. He's my man, Carlos. And we got at Banana Morphs once again. Greg, follow some Utah fandom. But uh, we're going to end this by testing Aaron's witchcraft here. Oh, Um, Calling out some key games here. And and we're all just going to say it it isn't a cover thing. Uh, We're not we're not as official as that. We're we're literally just saying who you think is going to win this game. Sure. Um, We'll have Aaron start. So we can't do it. And we're just going to go around the horn. I'm just going to shout out some of the more interesting ones here. Uh, actually, I do believe tonight, my man, at 8 p.m. ESPN 2. I guess I shouldn't even say the time because this podcast episode isn't going to be fucking out at the time. Uh, number 12, UCLA versus Stanford. A very weird, surprising Stanford. I'll tell you that much. Every once in a while, they'll, they'll get someone. Aaron, who do you got here? Cardinal or the Bruins? Well, you know, I was actually paying attention for a little bit there, so I'm oh. going to go Bruins. Okay. <laughs> you just got to bring in guests and you're start paying attention. All right. <laughs> uh, what about you all? You think the Bruins got this one? Greg, take it away. UCLA beat the shit out of, uh, out of Stanford the last time they played, but also that game was coming off of a win against Arizona, and this one is coming off of losses to both Arizona teams. And like, yeah. UCLA's defense doesn't look quite as locked in. They look a little discombobulated. That being said, I still think UCLA is going to kill them. I don't know if UCLA will kill them. Uh, I will say it's very important to me that UCLA kills Stanford, but I think Stanford's <laughs> Stanford's going to Stanford's going to keep it close, and UCLA is going to break my heart by winning by like five. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may not kill them; they'll at least spit on them. All right, this next one: um, Cal at Oregon State. Both bad. Teams, I'll tell you this really? much: both very bad teams, horrible, very horrible. Who you got here? Beavers, Golden Bears, Oregon State sucks so much, yeah. and okay. Cal may have just lost their it. best. Cal may have just lost their best player, but like I'm a firm believer in oh. fading the worst team in your conference, and so I'll just pick <laughs> against Oregon State. Yeah, uh, I'm anti Oregon State right now. They like no matter how many players are out for Cal. Oregon State players just hate playing with each other. It's it's horrible to watch. Mm-hmm. They get blown <laughs> out. I think they haven't. I think we looked this up. Uh, they haven't lost by less than double digits since January fifteenth. Uh, something around there. Yeah, it's, it's I remember definitely. we had a closer game with them actually not too I mean, long ago. Beat us. I think, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so give but, me. Yeah, I, I think you're right though. Yeah, uh, Aaron, who you got? I'm gonna go with Oregon State. Why not? Oh, well, all right. <laughs> and then uh, I, don't, I don't know. Let's see if there is there a damn close. This is a weird one. Washington. This will close this on, on one. Uh, Arizona State uh, goes up to Seattle, plays Washington, the Huskies. Aaron, who you got? I mean, thanks for reminding me as well earlier. I'm anti Arizona, Adam. So I'm going with Washington. <laughs> You're going with the Huskies. They got that D. Uh, gotta say that much about him, but uh, wh- what do you think about that one? Sun Devils, the Huskies, 
Well, uh, I know y'all. I know y'all hate the dogs, but uh, oh yeah, Washington has one of the more fun players in the conference in Terrell Brown Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. They'd be nothing without him, but he's incredible, and so there's something. Uh, Arizona State has the worst offense in the conference, so I'll pick Washington. Yeah, I'm also going Washington. Terrell Brown Jr., uh, that kid is a dude. Uh, you got to respect him. You got to respect him. He's, he, you just got to, I wish, I wish college basketball could, we're at the NBA trade deadline right now. I wish college basketball, you could trade players and send <laughs> Terrell Brown Jr. literally anywhere else. Washington yeah. is horrible. yeah i get what you mean well um okay well we didn't really uh did you pick stanford first i don't think we're gonna really learn much from any of this but um at least we're setting the precedent for uh our two lovely guests here hopefully in the future so they'll know how unsatisfying and uh uh quack 12 bit can be it just kind (laughs) of fizzles out at the end not a lot of thought put into it and then it just kind of ends and we ramble and that's the end of the podcast both of you have been so fun to have we'd love to have you on anytime literally anytime uh we love your show at no truck stops pod baby thank you for having us yeah thank you for having us all right